Season 3, Episode 1, Heike Yamamoto. This is the Actual Fluency Podcast, helping you become a better language learner by providing motivating weekly inspiration, as well as top tips and tricks from expert guests. And now, your host, Chris Broholm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Actual Fluency Podcast. This is the premiere of the third season, the very first episode, and I'm so excited to have you here. Today is a very special time because it's taken me a long time to get back with the new season, but trust me when I say I've been working hard behind the scenes to make it a lot better, to make it a lot more enjoyable experience for you guys out there, and in this, in a few minutes, we're going to hear the interview, or I don't know, even know if I should call my podcast an interview podcast, but it's definitely me asking questions, uh, but I also get asked questions by my by my guests a lot, so I think it's more of a conversation, actually, so you're going to hear my conversation with Heike Yamamoto, who you may have seen from such songs as work of art which is a favorite of mine or you might have seen her in the benny lewis skype me maybe video which is a hilarious video that i must have seen a million times it's it's just great and um over the time i've gotten to know almost every anyone in the uh, video and it's it's pretty cool but before we get into that let me just do a few admin stuff you know a few uh, messages here uh, public service the first message i want to tell you about is that the podcast is now video as well this doesn't impact you if you like to listen to the podcast on your phone or whatever on whatever device you use for podcasting whether you are running or in your car whatever so that will stay as it was before the video part is going to be on youtube on the actual fluency channel so i encourage you to subscribe there if you like video content and the sort of the benefit of video content for people who go there is that you will get to see some of the behind the scenes stuff for the audio part obviously the interview is cut and it's edited it's not edited inside the conversation but i always have a little talk before and after with the guests and i thought that would be interesting to show people on youtube and also it's easier for me not to edit <laughs> so if you go on on the youtube channel actual fluency you can find these episodes in their full unedited length which usually includes quite a substantial amount of behind the scenes material so if you're interested in that stuff you know go to the the youtube channel and enjoy that at the audio is going to continue just as before this episode is a little bit longer because it's the first episode so i got carried away a little bit but it's a very nice conversation with haika and before we get into that there's also just one small thing i wanted to tell you about i'm getting a fair amount of questions on email uh, random questions for about anything really like uh, what do i do for a living uh, how do i learn french um How's it like to live in Budapest? Uh, you know, I get tons of questions and I answer all of them to, to the best of my ability. Sometimes I might miss some, uh, but what I wanted to offer you was send me a question and I'll do a YouTube video about them. So send me any question. You can go to actualfluency.com forward slash contact, or you can see the big contact menu item on the front page. And just send me any question you'd like me to answer. And I'll make a, a special video and maybe even include the audio as well. So I'll, so there'll be more than one piece of content a week. And, um, 
this is basically, you know, I'm not a language learning expert by any means. I've interviewed over 70 very successful language learners. So I obviously have a lot of theoretical knowledge, but as you as you probably know from the blog, I consider myself quite a poor student, quite a terrible student. So it's not that I want to, you know, try to spread my gospel of how amazing I am in language learning. It's simply an offer for you to get any sort of question answered that you might have. It could be about languages, it could be about Denmark, it could be about you know learning languages it could be about how to learn when you're not feeling totally okay you know sort of like a depression state we'll get into that a little bit in this interview um or it could be anything really I, it doesn't even have to do with languages i'd be happy to answer any question you have and i might make you know a separate youtube video for every question or i might split several small ones into a, a big one and on that note you know if you really do want some language learning advice from an expert i advise you to go to uh, ollie's blog ollie richards which is i will teach he's got a, a podcast where he answers people's questions and ollie has learned seven or eight languages i don't know who counts anymore but he's a very talented language learner and i'm sure if you have any very technical language learning questions he would be the one he'd be perfect to answer them for you but of course i'm happy to offer my uh, wisdom if not obtained by proxy then at least the experience of being a terrible student is also always quite unique so thank you so much and to everyone who wrote in and asking what was going on with the podcast you know i'm so grateful that you supported it and sorry for the extra delay you know it has been a long time since the second season ended uh, an unreasonably long time and this won't happen again i promise now we're back on track and i got some amazing guests lined up for you for this season i mean how about tim donor you you've been asking for tim since the very first week of the podcast and now we're finally going to get him on the show to pick his brain about how it is to be uh, mr tim donor uh, who i'm sure you've all heard about and Apart from Tim, I've got a lineup of amazing guests, and I hope we can get them on, like the director behind the movie Hyper Polyglot, Mr. Michael Harris, who's um, I think is a very interesting perspective to get. But before I ramble on about tons of uh, exciting guests, I think it's time to move into the segment of the conversation today with uh, Heike Yamamoto. And today is a little special. It's not so much about learning languages. It's about finding balance with yourself, how to connect to your real self and how to honor yourself. And I think that's a very important part of being a language learner and it kind of goes hand in hand. But we get into all that stuff in just a minute. You know, thank you so much and a special thank to Thank you to the people in New York who came up and said, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a fan of your podcast. I listen to it all the time. You know, that means the world to me. And it's part of the reason that I'm doing this every week. You know, I'm, I'm pumped and I think of you guys. So thank you so much and enjoy the new season. All right, everyone, we're back with another episode of the Actual Fluency podcast and another season, indeed. And on today's season or episode, I've got the amazing Heike Yamamoto. And I'm going to say Heike has been so amazing to actually send along a bio because I ask everyone on the show to write a little bit about yourself. And everyone is just like, blogger 
podcasts or, or I make videos. And I'm like, okay, that's useful. But I can actually send a really nice bio. So I'm going to use that. Um, bear with me for reading it out loud. Honor yourself, honor others, honor the planet. Haika radiates these messages and more through her music and writing. The multicultural pub singer, songwriter, and author hails from Brazil, Japan, and the US. Haika, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, Chris. It's nice to be here. Fantastic. And of course, I um, I first heard of you back in the day when you made the Skype Me Maybe video, or you had a an active role in it. I, I remember who's that singing that, you know, the long, uh, you held the notes for a long time. I was like, that that doesn't sound like a random polygon, you know. So I looked you up and I was like, ah, that's really cool uh, that you have uh, time to come by the podcast. It was a nice yeah, it was a, it was a, it was great uh, participating in that because to me it's always been like language and music. So uh, to be able to participate in Skype me maybe actually put me in contact with a lot of cool folks around the world like you. So you know, thanks again <laughs> to Benny Lewis for including me in that, and and I had some fun singing in uh, Rajasthani. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, <laughs> language <laughs> never heard of. People have never heard of before was uh, first presented in that video, which was amazing, but. Before we get into the the language part, I just wanted people to get to know you a little better if they haven't heard about you before. So what's your story? What's your background? How did you become this world-loving and traveling into languages, music, and, and, and how did you get to where you are today? Okay. I'll try to be brief because <laughs> I like to talk. Okay, um, so I'm a Japanese descendant, right? My parents are Japanese, but I was born uh, in Brazil. So that's two languages there already because my mother uh, spoke to us from a very young age uh, in Japanese. Um, afterwards, um, I think when I was around 12 years old, I started studying in an American school while still I was in Brazil, so that was my third uh, language right there. And um, after that, I went to the US and I lived in Japan. Um, so I really always had a very good opportunity to be in contact with uh, many languages. Having said that, I think it's also something that I have always loved. You know, I remember ever since I was a very, very little child, uh, not being very shy, uh, every time I saw somebody speaking a language, I didn't know. I'd be like, you know, excuse me, what language are you speaking? <laughs> and and how do you say hello? And like, I was that kind of kid. So it's always something that I have been very, very attracted um, towards. So both things, I think, music and language sort of define um, who I am. Uh, with regards to the music, I think that it, it, I actually think it has to do with the language as well because my mother, being Japanese, she still doesn't speak Portuguese very well and of course Portuguese is technically my, my mother tongue. She sang a lot to us. So to me, I think there was that emotional bond with music to know that because like, I think that was the main way in which she expressed her affection. You know, she wasn't a very like, I was born in Brazil with like Italian neighbors who hugged me and kissed me and slapped me. And my mother was not like that at all. She wasn't very, you know, she didn't really hold me or touch me or anything like that. But her affection was expressed through music. So I don't know, being a psychologist here, I think that also <laughs> has to do with how I became involved uh, with music. And then, um, so always love 
loving music. And then when I was in high school in Japan, I released an album. I was always in bands and choirs and things like that. And I released an album through Sony Japan as a part of a girls club, you know, with the same outfits and the choreography and stuff like that. And that's when I sort of realized this is what I want to do forever. But not with somebody telling me exactly how I have to express and what I have to express, but I have to find my identity and sort of discover what is it that I want to express because I know there's something that I want to express. I don't know exactly what it is, but I have to figure it out. And so I went on to this independent path of being a singer-songwriter and in this process of figuring out the sound of my voice and what kind of music I wanted to make, uh, it became very clear to me that my biggest treasure um, that I wanted to communicate that I, that I thought was worth sharing with people were all related to, you know, self-love and being able to respect other people. And I think as a consequence, you know, you respect our home that we all share. So that's where, you know, honor yourself in the first place and then honor others because they, they are your equals. And then let's, let's take care of our planet because, you know, it is ours, you know, there are, there are political frontiers, but those frontiers don't really exist for, for the planet. So that's sort of how my work uh, developed. Amazing, and uh, one of the things is I, I I follow you on Facebook, and you uh, you put out updates quite often. And every time I see them, I I get a little bit more hopeful in humanity. You know, it's it seems like we're at this we're we're so corrupted, but at the same time, it seems like we're also starting to realize that. And it seems like the things that you're doing, like spreading the awareness of the planet, like um, something like the environmental uh, changes that are happening, something like the socioeconomic make as well uh, it seems like we're going in a positive direction but then again not what what do you think we're in 2015 now what, what do you think the current state of you know the the honor the planet is i think we have to believe in it <laughs> you know i think there's a uh, something that I always kind of say um, in, in the in the music world, um, like the serious artists, there's this idea that you know you have to be dark to be deep. You know, if you're not dark, you're not deep. <laughs> and I don't believe in that. I think that we have to believe that it's you have to see the light. You know, and um, I I really. Of course, you know, I'm aware of the world that we live in, of the terrible corruption and inequalities and disrespect for the planet, for, you know, human beings and, 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 and et cetera. The list could go on and on. But I really believe that there are more and more people who want to make a difference. And I think making a difference is not big, you know, it's it's. I'm going to do my tiny little bit, you know, because like I'm like I'm I'm really into like uh, making my own beauty products. I stopped, you know, buying moisturizers and things like that. And, and it's a tiny, tiny thing. But I think that there's like if you look it up, there's a whole community of people who are starting to perceive life in a, in, in a different way. So I think that it's something that um, is possible. It is possible. And, and we're, as you said, we're at a bit of a turning point. I think that if we don't change, you know, we're going to disappear from the planet because, you know, we're going to we're going to pollute all the water. Uh, what's next? You know, um, I've, I live in Brazil, between Brazil and the United States in California. 
both countries had huge, huge water problems. Mm. Uh, in the States this year, drought, you know, you have, uh, uh, you, you had to limit uh, incredibly the amount of, of, of water consumption. And in Brazil, which is a tropical country, mm. you know, um, you had that too. So I think that we have to change otherwise you know we're just gonna disappear from the planet which is not a bad thing for the planet i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very uh that's a very philosophical uh, question for sure um and and I, everything you just talked about i suppose that does start with the honor yourself right because how can you help others if you haven't really helped yourself yet right absolutely i actually think they come simultaneously i think that the more you're able to help other people the more you help yourself i think that's true because i think we never in my opinion we don't really develop self-esteem from just inside i think we we are social beings we need that sort of feedback from the people around us so i think that we kind of do things simultaneously you know you try to you you try to help somebody and because you were of some help to that person it makes you feel a little bit better about yourself and because of that you're able to extend that so again i think it's a, it's a positive cycle but i think honoring yourself um a lot of my music is about this ability to accept who we are um, is definitely at the core of this process because I think that when we're trying to be another person, then it's not going to work. Right. You know, and I think when you when you're an artist, it's very evident. You know, when, because it's when you sing, if you're imitating another person, it's so obvious. Or if you're not feeling what you're singing, the the, the lack of honesty becomes very obvious. So. Um, so it's a, it's a privilege in that sense because you're confronted with that reality of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of being fake. I'm not really being myself. But it's something that applies to every area of your life. And, of course, it benefits every person in every corner of the world to be able to say, look, this is, this is who I am. You know, it's I have good things. I have bad things. I have to look at all of them at the same time because the bad things are just a part of myself as, as, as the good things and try to live with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's no, i mean the the one of the more interesting things is, is the idea of the uniqueness right that we are all unique there's nobody else i mean that's in fact that's one of the lyrics from your song uh, <laughs> work of art but you know there's nobody like the, the eye i mean you are literally unique and i think we live in a time where education and uh, well, even society is kind of forcing everyone to be very similar, right? I mean, they're trying to impose these kind of, you should think like this, you should do this, you should get a job, then you should do this. And it, that's really restricting the the uh, personal qualities, isn't it? Yeah, I broke all the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I, I broke all the, the expect, expectations uh, in the traditional sense, you know, the, the way that I carried on my life professionally, my educational career, my personal life with, you know, the, the family structure that I have. Everything in my life is sort of not what status quo would say is correct. So I suffered a lot of prejudice at many different, from a very young age, uh, a lot of heavy sort of prejudice of people who were disappointed in me. And, um, and I think it's hard to figure it out. But I think that, like I said to you, it, I, when it's truthful, you somehow find the strength to move on. Mm. 
And I think that's what's important, that you're able to take one step at a time. You know, when I look back at my life, I think, oh, my God, I managed to break all the rules, you know, <laughs> practically, uh, but I wasn't doing it to defy society. I was just doing it because it's what I felt I needed to do, you know, and uh, I, I, I think that, as you said, I think with, especially with consumer society, with, you know, companies developing a world market where the entire world wants exactly the same product, we do have this sort of standardization of personality and of expectations of, of what you're supposed to live uh, how you're supposed to live. Um, and I think that, you know, there's nobody like you is, it's important because really there is nobody exactly like you who had the exact same influences and story. And there's something uniquely beautiful about that story that only you can live, you know? So, um, again, going back to honoring yourself, one thing that I always like to say is, you know, we can't ask people for permission to be who we are. Um, if they like us, I, I mean, without attacking, without offending or anybody specifically, but I think that um, to have this ability to really feel what is it that I want to do with my life, and, you know, if you want to think something bad about me, that's too bad, you know? I never like it when people think something bad about me, but it's like, I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't enter you and change your mind about me, and I'm going to pursue this 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 path of honoring myself in in every way possible so it's 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 a it's it, it's a it's a life uh long thing i think yeah and I, it has to be said as well that you know there's nothing wrong with you know taking it uh, uh the normal path i mean for some people that's perfect they want the stability maybe they dreamt of being a lawyer you know there there are lots of different reasons to do to do what we do it's, it's not that everyone needs to break out and become i don't know dancers or singers or uh, you know figure skaters if absolutely that's yes uh, absolutely not i think it's the the the, the only important thing is truth you know, going back to like what you said is like if people want to pursue a career, you know, have a traditional marriage, have a wedding party and, you know, the kids by the age of 30, whatever, it's it's fine as long as you're living your life from your own truth. Um, one of the things that um, I like to point out as an artist is, you know, people, one thing is to be unique. A very different thing is to try to be different. Because when you're trying to be different, you're you're still looking at other people, mm. you know, and 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 to be unique is just to be able to breathe who you are, and you know, this is who I am. Maybe it's too girly for you, maybe it's too delicate for you, maybe it's too whatever, you know. But this is this is who I am, and and this is my unique combination of of what I feel that I can can bring um, to the world through music, or you know. The whole message, um, and this connects quite a lot to language learning, I would say as well. Um, you know, the people who take a really active interest in learning foreign languages for the sake of communicating with other people. I mean, that's a that brings us all closer together, right? So that's that's a good connection with the honor others, right? 
absolutely, because I think that uh, most uh, people who are interested in languages are also interested in cultures and just sort of opening up their minds. And even, you know, when uh, when we talk about pronunciation, this is an area that I'm particularly interested in as a singer, right? Um, the way the tongue moves, the way the lips move, everything is outside your comfort zone. You know, it's like, um, and so physically it's challenging. Culturally it's challenging because you're getting in touch. A language exists within a cultural context. Of course, if you want to learn it, you have to get in touch with it. So this is one of the main reasons why I'm so attracted to the polyglot community, because as you said, languages really are a doorway to exploring and and sort of opening our minds up to other possibilities right i to- i totally agree and the, the pronunciation is it's a uh, as a singer i i previously talked to an opera singer actually gabriel weiner and we talked about this before as well just that's funny to think about the technical side that you can actually be when you're a singer you're actually a professional pronunciationer <laughs> i don't know you're actually you know when you have exactly. to sing in other languages it's, it's it's a funny element and i guess uh, this brings us on to the song i mentioned just before work of art which i guess is a bit more than a song it's more like a would you call it a, a project or a phenomenon <laughs> it's definitely more than definitely. a song definitely <laughs> yeah definitely it, that was a that was a project <laughs> Yeah, well, t- tell us about it for for those people who haven't uh, stumbled upon it yet. What, how did you start doing it, and uh, what was the idea behind it? I, I prepared a special version for you, actually, singing a little bit in Danish. Oh, did you? <laughs> I did. All right. I'd love to <laughs> which hear we can, Which we can... Uh, can you hear the piano? Yes, it's fun. Okay, so I can... Uh, I was like, no, I got to sing in Danish to Chris. So, <laughs> Speaking um, of pronunciation problems, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oops, um, but you'll get to hear me. Um, so Work of Art is a, is a song that I wrote with my songwriting partner, uh, Mercury. He is my songwriting partner, my life partner. We're partners in, in everything, and this is a song that we wrote um, back in 2007, I think. And it's again, it's a song of self-acceptance. I am a work of art is the main line of the song. And it really... I think it, for me particularly, it came at a moment in my life where I felt very bad about who I was, you know, and, and, and with very low self-esteem, very low level of courage. It was actually the song, the first song that I wrote after I swore that I would never sing again. In wow. 2006, I quit my career. I said, I'm never going to sing ever again. This path has given me so many nightmares, so many tears, so much disappointment. That's the end of it. And then in 2007, the inspiration came and it's like, no, (laughs) it's not your decision. (laughs) You don't get to choose. This is not how it works. And, and, and I understood the the message that, you know, I can't run away from, from music. And so having that sort of uh, meaning, I really wanted to take this important, uh, emotion out to the world and I said why not try to sing this song in as many languages as I can because symbolically it would mean you know to 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 be able to celebrate with people from all over the world our uniqueness and so basically I just started um, 
looking for people, asking friends based on the concept of six degrees of separation. Uh, I started writing emails to friends and saying, hey, you know, I want to do a version of the song. Do you happen to know somebody who'd be interested in writing a language? And the person would be like, okay, I'll write Mandarin. No, I'll write, oh, oh I know, I have a friend who is Armenian and he's going to write the Armenian version. And so from you know it was really mouth to mouth um because i wasn't working with a budget or anything it's, it wasn't like disney you know <laughs> let's do Let a <laughs> yeah it wasn't uh, which is a great song by the way yeah, i think I and love it, yeah. um i love it and kind of so similar it, actually a yeah a little bit there's a bit of yeah, you know letting the go energy, there yeah you're you're right and so I began doing it, and after about a year and a half, I had the song in 20 different uh, versions, full-length versions, um, and I wanted to do a video of it. Obviously, I wasn't going to sing the song in 20, the whole song in 20 <laughs> different languages, otherwise it would be like a six-hour-and-a-half video. So I did just little bits in 19 different uh, languages, and, and the video is called Work of Art Global Project. People can find it on, on YouTube. And um, and I think it was interesting just to see how many people uh, were intrinsically motivated to participate um, because they felt that this was a message that they wanted to to express. And respecting the language uh, aspect of it, I always asked people. I said, you know, this is the general idea of the song. Make it your own. You know, make it belong to your language. And again, you know, taking into consideration the cultural aspects of, of each of of the languages. So um, that's how, how it all came together. It's amazing. I love I love the song. I play it so often on YouTube that I probably account for like a percentage of the of the hits or something. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It. I really appreciate it. And it really hits home. I just wanted to add that that fact uh, with the with the Danish. It's and and I have a funny relationship with Danish. You know, I've lived there for twenty five, twenty six years. Was born there as Danish as you can be, probably. Um, but when I was a little bit older, I, I learned English, and I just I just grew so fond of English that today I actually almost consider myself a little bit more English than Danish because not because I have any English culture or anything, but with the language, I feel more associated with it so but then when i heard the song in it, the danish lyrics came on and i was like wow that's really powerful to actually hear it in your native tongue even though i'd sort of cast it away and it really proves the whole nelson mandela thing you know the speak to a man in a language he knows and it goes to his head and speak to a language uh, his language then it goes to his heart and it really did for me because i really i really connected to the particularly the danish lyrics which are, are incredible um tough to sing uh, Danish pronunciation even when speaking is amazingly difficult most Danish people don't know how to do it but uh, you, you managed to do it in a way that I could understand you for sure <laughs> wow <laughs> a huge compliment because I think it's uh, it's it was totally new for me definitely the the whole phonetics very very difficult to grasp uh, the Danish uh, lyricist we call her Lierke but she says it's Lerke Lerke was very, very sweet and very patient throughout the whole time. And she kept sending me, you know, MP3s of her singing. And I'm like really trying to absorb the whole sound. And um, it, it's, it, I think, 
you know, all language lovers know this, but I mean, just speaking a language you've never heard before or a new language, it's so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's just so exciting and new and fresh and scary and and at the same time you know to me actually I, I've said this many times the, the Danish version was my favorite um, I love the sound of, of, of the language and uh, it just really really um, struck a chord with me there so yeah me too and uh, another and not to again frozen uh, the the danish frozen is also one of the best i think and i don't often say that i don't consider any any danish disney song superior to the english one but that one uh, the frozen let it go that one song is is amazing in danish if people there are actually people learning danish out there i know this for a fact so if if they're interested you listen to work of art in danish and listen to the let it go in danish those are two amazing songs thank you thank you it was it was it was great to it, it's very reassuring to get uh, a comment like that from a native speaker so and i it's interesting you say that about uh, your relationship with Danish because in a way that's sort of my relationship with Portuguese as well I feel more I feel closer to English um, for some reason emotionally even as an author you know writing texts and, and writing lyrics than I do in my native tongue which is Portuguese I don't know why that happens. But. Yeah, it's strange. But then again, when you hear your native tongue, there's still some deep-rooted connection somewhere. There's like a maybe a sentimental feeling of uh, this is where I come I'm from. In- yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, did you want to play some of the Danish uh, I did, work yeah, of art? I did. I did actually. But wait, let me see. How do we do? Uh, I wanted to send you uh, in the chat, right? We want to hear Chris <laughs> <laughs> saying this. Uh, I'm just going to... Just getting ready. <clears throat> <laughs> I wanted to hear you say this. Let me see if I can find it here. There's a, a chat somewhere or are you in, are you yeah, in Skype? I just, I just, no, I sent it to you there. Oh, right. I see it. Right. I see. And I can just I can just read it for the people uh, who you can't see the chat and it says Yes, please. Vi er alle sammen unikke på hver vores måde, skabt i et øjeblik stille perfektion. Okay, I'm not going to do it anything like that, but I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so. um yeah, that's that's uh and you can hear me actually tripping a little bit over the uh, the sounds because it is that's Danish for you. It, 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 you stumble a lot in Danish and I can only imagine the pains as a singer <laughs> having to sing that. Can you say it again? Uh, vi er alle sammen unikke på hver vores måde. Skabt i et øjeblik stille perfektion. Perfection. The perfection is my favorite favorite word. Right. Yeah, it's uh, very <laughs> it's <the> close. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I think you got this in the video. For I mean, you say via Alisam, you got that for sure. You have to probably add a little bit more D in mood. Like I think you. Right, mood. Yeah. Mod, not mod. 
Right, and and more like uh, mode. Yeah, it's a this softy, you know. It's right, mode. Yeah, and and then the rest. Skapt it oibliks. Skapt it oibliks. Yes, that's good. Stille perfection. Stille perfection. Yes, that's very good. If you can sing it like that, then. I can't. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you already that I can't, but I'm going to do my best. I don't know why I hear myself so low here. You do hear me all right. Yeah, you're coming through fine. The piano too? Yeah. Is the piano too loud for you? No, I think it's fine. In comparison to my voice? Okay, so I prepared for uh, for you and, and for your listeners a version. I'll begin with English. And then I'll sing a little bit in Danish. I'll try. <laughs> and then a little bit in French. Second part, I'll, I begin with uh, Guarani, which is a native Indian idiom spoken throughout South America. Then uh, Arabic from Lebanon. The lyricist was, was from Lebanon. Um, then German. Ouch. <laughs> you speak German too? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's always more, more frightening when you're singing to somebody who actually speaks the language. <laughs> well, I don't uh, know so, any of the other languages, so you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, German, and then I sing a little bit in Sp- Spanish, a little bit in Portuguese, and then back to English. So just so people, if people are curious, those are the languages that I'll be singing in. Sounds wonderful, and uh, I'm really happy that they could, this could be the first episode of the new season. I mean... What a spectacular way to begin. <laughs> Let me adjust the mic. Um, the interesting thing when you are going to sing and you've been talking is that the voice sits in a bit of a different place. So let me readjust. All right. Here we go. This is work of art, um, global version. You can't put it into words Doesn't make me less worthy of your trust Just because I seem to not make any sense Doesn't mean my life is a big mess Just because it fails to make you feel what I feel Doesn't make my deals less real to me Oh, I forgot. I was supposed to say in Danish. We are Alison. We can't get poor people smart. Sculpted oil bleak steel. Perfection. I am a work of art. My ideals are real. Oh, French. Cameras sont réels. Je me ris. Anna, I'll be more fit 
which is kind of strange to sing when you're not hearing yourself but if you heard right. me that's fine um i have a lot of questions related to the song actually the first one is is it hard to convey a lot of emotions when you're singing a language that you don't speak at all um let me tell you a secret <laughs> uh, as a songwriter i do these maps that I visualize when I'm singing with a lot of imagery. So that's particularly useful when I'm singing in a language that I don't know because that imagery is there. All so right. maybe I'm thinking that I'm singing, you know, at the top of a mountain or I'm thinking that I'm jumping down the Grand Canyon and flying or, you know. So the use of imagery, particularly when you are singing in a language that you don't have any intimacy with i think uh helps right because like like when you're singing let's just say a word every word has connotations like uh, if you say the word beautiful you immediately get a lot of images in your head so i guess your your technique is just you have the images not the language uh, the word when you're speaking in let's say armenian or whatever those languages that are yeah, probably not on your uh, learning list uh, at the moment but uh, right <laughs> could, could come down exactly. the future yeah, so it's it's a tool that um, as a singer, you know, you can use and and to sort of try to permeate the song with emotion, so that you're not just mechanically doing the sounds. Right, because that that was that would be my first sort of uh, concern about doing it uh, that way. But when you sing it, it, you don't really feel a difference between the English and the again the Armenian. And I'm sorry if any Armenians are listening. I'm not picking on your language for being obscure or anything. It's just the uh, one of the more interesting ones. Uh, I particularly lo love the script, which I don't. I have no idea how anyone could read, but it, it looks uh, fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, that's why when I was when I put the there there's a, a, a there's a website dedicated particularly to this uh, project. It's called WOA, W O A Global Project dot com, 
and on it I included all the lyrics of all the versions in Roman alphabet as well as in the original alphabets because I too take great pleasure in looking at you know these different letters and alphabets so Armenian is very beautiful very yeah. very beautiful and and when you have to I've seen you uh, there's a YouTube video of you doing this live as well the the multilingual version I'm just wondering is it not difficult to remember again words that you don't really you know you don't know the meaning of the word you uh, there might be an image associated with it but how do you remember a song in that many foreign languages uh you have to study a lot <laughs> <laughs> right basically yes you do have to study a lot i do have the sort of training because as a musician you know my hearing is let's say it's it's something that i've developed over the years so so the ability to have you know audio memory is something that i'm trained at it uh, but to memorize the the words of languages that i have no idea you know i don't know the preposition i don't know the nouns i don't know <laughs> and and just phonetically it's something that uh requires a lot of practice all right well if uh, there are any aspiring musicians out there you uh, you know there there's work to be done <laughs> There definitely is. It's a it's a wonderful way. I, I know a lot of people use songs in their language learning as well as a way to study the, again the pronunciation, and um, I guess it's also. Uh, I mean, the work of art is a great example for people because they can listen to all of the versions and they also have the translations and the original uh, script, and um, yeah. Yes, polyglot. Please make good use of it. <laughs> yeah, it's really a truly a polyglot song. It should almost be the like the if we had a theme song, this would be it, I think. Thank you. <laughs> I definitely nominate it if it ever came to a vote, but I'm not sure. We're not that organized though. <laughs> not yet. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> but cool. I have been I have been been quite involved with with the polyglot uh community because of this. And uh, just going back to one of the points that you mentioned about using music as a language learning tool. I uh, just wanted to give a little bit of, of, of my impression on it. I think music is an amazing, amazing additional tool for learning a language. Uh, of course, you can't learn a language only through music. It's a tiny little part, but it's a, it's a very important part because it's fun. Right. You know, so if you are able to find songs in a language that you love, you know, you're gonna you're because you love it, you're very, very likely to pay attention to the nuances and learn lyrics and be singing all the time. You're gonna be training your vocal apparatus in that language. So um, I think it's I think it's a very, very, very uh, useful tool because it brings the the love into into the the challenge that that you know learning a language uh represents definitely a challenge and uh there's only one that i guess that's one of the few secrets is that there are no secrets it's just hard work and and um you know you have to dedicate yourself but you can make it fun through music for instance exactly I love the Russian um, Frozen. Uh, I listened to it uh, a lot, the entire album actually. And every time I listen, it feels like I get just a little bit more because it's uh, when you sing in Russian, it's very book-ish. It's kind of like reading very old novels because they have to fit it with the melody. And uh, you know all this, of course. But um, and 
it was just so funny. One of the aha moments I had in Russian was I was listening to a Tato song, the old uh, uh, duo there, uh, very controversial. But uh, again, people who were probably following their own paths, you know, how they felt like. And um, I, I just remember the just a, such a basic thing as word order. You know, in Russian, it's free because the ending indicated whether it's a, an object or a, a subject or whatever. And I was just like, wow, you can just say, you can just put whatever word order you want and, you, and it's still the same meaning. And when I first heard the song, I didn't understand the lyrics because that's an unusual word order for me. I would do it the other way around. So I was just like, I don't understand this at all. And then after studying a bit more, blah, 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 listening to it like a hundred times, and I was like, wow, yeah, I guess you can just do it like that, huh? Yeah, so see, you you even got that. You even got a little bit further than just the sounds or maybe a word or two, but actually the language structure. So, and I I think it's, it's amazing because once you get it, you get it, right? Right. That piece of information, and and you did it. The fact that you can do it through music, it's not something that gets repetitive. Because I, I don't know about you, but for me, at least, when I love a song, I can listen to it hundreds of times. Oh yeah, for sure. And I had this and with so, work of and art. As we know, <laughs> as we know, learning. Yeah, with with which one? Oh, with work of art. Thank you. In in language, it's very important. So music again is a very very helpful tool because you can do the repetition without it getting tedious. It's it's fun every single time. For sure. And right now, I'm listening to um, a, a Scottish band called uh, what are they called? Dead something like Dead Man Hill or something. And they they made a song called. Uh, banging your drum drum or bang on your drum and it's just a really amazing song so that's totally stuck on my youtube now is <laughs> play all the time exactly i'm i'm exactly like that too it's like i get stuck on a song in it and i get like highs from listening to the song so, <laughs> so right. definitely it can be it can be a, a good tool for language learning yeah i i, I agree um so we've been uh, talking a lot about uh, music and improving our lives and all these things but what about the sort of specific language learning challenges because i can imagine you must be very busy with all these uh, creative uh, explorations how do you find time to uh, learn any languages on the side if, if um, what kind of projects do you have in the next uh, right now future? in terms of learning languages uh you mean projects in terms of language learning yeah well improving or learning or writing songs yeah. about them or anything what you I'm, can think of what i'm doing right now is like i have it's it's so it's interesting how like everything just sort of uh, connects, but I, I'm becoming more and more of a minimalist in my life, meaning I have really, really reduced my number of, uh, phys- you know, possessions, material possessions, shoes, clothes, everything. And one of the things that I have been doing in this process, which was actually the most time consuming part, is getting rid of paper files. So I have tons of papers of language study. So what I'm actually doing is some of them I'm scanning them or, you know, taking photographs and organizing. And that that process itself, you look and you see the material and you remember the vocabulary. And the more important ones, like, for example, interviews, you know, how to give interviews in Japanese or whatever. If I'm trying to remember the words, I'm actually typing everything out so that I have no more paper and everything is digital in my computer and you know I can just get my piano and my computer and my life is complete. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's been a, it's been an interesting way. So in in the intent to become more of a minimalist and simplifying my life and having less material possessions, I've also sort of digitalized. I am in the process of digitalizing all my my studies in in languages and even like I have hundreds of thousands of flashcards and I found a website called cram.com with virtual uh, flashcards so I'm actually putting a lot of words in there too. Wow, so you actually you were actually writing flashcards by hand. That's uh, very old school. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do that. Yeah, I'm 40, so I am old. I'm 41 actually. Um, so I used to have that because I, I like the the flipping thing that sort of helped me with with vocabulary, and now I'm using you know digitally digital flashcards and and just the process of retyping them out is re you know helps to refresh my memory so right do you ever get um attracted to a language when you when you hear it, like in a song or you had to do something for work of art or you're like wow i really want to learn this just based on how yes. it sounds yes uh, um i think uh, it, uh, it's one of the languages that i've again it's the familiarity thing like i mentioned to you i grew up in brazil in the state of sao paulo where there's a huge um italian community so italian is definitely 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 one of the song the languages that i want to learn someday i'd love to live in italy for like three months and you know and just learn a little bit study a little bit and 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 become more familiar with it because it's such an open language too so for music it's it's quite amazing right and it's yeah and it's also very emotional and i guess that's why they uh, there are lots of like uh, i guess italian is kind of known as the language of I mean, it's kind of a bit like a language of love, isn't it? With French, maybe a little bit. It's like a romantic language, in, in more very more romantic. Yeah, it's very, very romantic. I think the emotions are very outwards. I think the French are more cool. Like it's it's more like a sexy type of love, <laughs> and the Italians are more like, you know, and it's something that I identify with. So that would be a nice, very, very nice project to to be able to speak, you know average Italian to have a conversation you can do it you can do it thank you <laughs> have the confidence that's that's one of the first things you said today was like something about you know you need to have the confidence to to step out of the comfort zone and that is so true for language learning you know if you start learning let's say French or whatever with the idea that you cannot learn a language then guess what you know you can't learn a language <laughs> yeah I, I think that the thing with um, language learning to me is that I think we and, and everybody I'm sure that in the polyglot community is aware of this is this whole feeling of being very vulnerable right I mean as an adult you have your ideas and your opinions and you express them through language and then you start a new language and it's, and you're like back to baby <laughs> yeah. you know and you have to learn everything so I think that this to be able to stay vulnerable um, when learning a language is, is very important because you have to almost be totally okay with making mistakes you know you have to almost like mistakes because you know that they're part of this this process so humility is that a, that's a key word i think you need to 
I mean, you have to understand that you before you sound cool, you're going to sound like an idiot. And that's just yes. part of the process. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about um, the, the making mistakes part is that uh, Benny told me once, or maybe it was in a video, I forget, but he said something like he was trying to make 200 mistakes a day. So he wasn't trying to avoid making mistakes. He was just saying, I need to make 200 mistakes today, then my day will be a success and that kind of goes with like sales theory which is a bit of a weird tangent but like you i found that language learning is almost it works with everything like dieting exercise uh, schoolwork learning to play chess i mean everything is 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 connected it seems and uh, for the sales theory you know it's like if you call and you're really uh, scared about a rejection like if you're a, a cold calling salesman guess what you're never going to make a sale but if you say I heard of a, 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 an office that did a competition of who could get to, I don't know, 50 rejections first. And guess what? The sales of the office went up like a thousand percent. So it's funny how everything is connected, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it goes back a little bit to what we were, we were saying about, you know, being open to life. I think that this idea that we have to get things right is, is basically part of this consumer uh, culture that we have, that we have to always look cool. But if you always look cool, guess what? You're not going to live your life <laughs> right. because you're not going to take risks. You know, everybody looks stupid. Everybody makes mistakes, sometimes big mistakes. Um, and, and it's not any different in, in language learning. But, but as you said, the process of learning can be applied in any area of your life. So that's the good thing about learning how to learn and i think polyglots do that particularly well yeah and that's why it's it's generally a very lovely community to be part of because they have such an open worldview that you know you just they have a positive attitude to everything then they don't complain about small things that don't really matter it's you know it's not it's a generalization obviously but in general i feel like they're more open and they're more tolerant as well and if everyone would just be slightly more tolerant i think we'd have a a way better world but obviously now i'm dreaming a little bit <laughs> i think i agree with you i think that we i think tolerance is is everything i mean i don't you we don't have to agree you know we don't have to right. be best friends uh but as long as you know you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing, and where our worlds meet, we can be respectful. You know, I think it's wonderful. And I think that the fact that the the, the polyglot community has that characteristic, I think, like you said, we, we're generalizing a little bit, but the openness that being a polyglot requires technically already makes people a little bit kinder. And, and, and more tolerant. So that's that's wonderful. I think it's a it's a great great thing that we're you guys, you know, are, are sending out to the world with, with this whole polyglot movement. We're definitely doing our best, but uh, you're not doing so so bad yourself with the, with the multilingual uh, language versions because, as we talked about, language is, is the link. You know, if you if you don't have a common language, then you just you know, you, you can't do anything. But if you have a message and it's translated into, I mean, you, you sung it in 19, but you had 22 versions, right? So that's a message that gets quite a reach, I would say. I haven't done the math, but it's probably more than half the world that can understand that. It is, yeah. It is. It's, it's, it's billions and billions of people. I, I read that you, you speak Esperanto, right? 
Yeah, I, I, I'm a, I would say upper beginner, maybe lower intermediate, oh. uh, but that's uh, another, that's, uh, I guess that's a very similar cause really. Or just... I love the whole concept of Esperanto. <laughs> I think it's really, really, really great. Right. I, and unfortunately, it didn't really become, you know, an, a second a world language, but, you know, the whole, the whole idea is very beautiful. Yeah, but then again, there is also a negative side to everyone speaking the same language. So, but if it could become everyone's second language, that could be cool. Yes. Right. Absolutely. I have Absolutely. a funny Esperanto story. Actually, I was I was gonna try and round this off, but you know, yeah, whatever. The time is we've got time. Um, I I was at the Polyglot conference uh, two weeks ago in New York, and we were at the final party at a rooftop place, amazing view over the skyline. And I, with me is uh, one of my friends, Dennis, who speaks, I think, about nine languages really well. And uh, an American guy came up, sorry, I don't remember his name, and he spoke a few languages and was a really, he seemed like a really talented learner from what I, from what I understood. And he asked Dennis, like, what language gave you the most out of all the languages you've learned? And Dennis is from Germany, you know, it's not very common to speak more than two maybe one and a half really um so he was like what what's the language that gave you the best experience and he was he didn't hesitate for a second and said esperanto and the guy was like what es esperanto a made-up language you mean like klingon <laughs> you know it's it's um it's interesting and then dennis just went out and said like i've met people all over the world where we instantly connected just because we had a common language and i was like wow that's Amazing. Can you imagine that? You're standing next to someone who speaks nine natural languages. He can speak to half the world. And he says that the, the constructed language, 100 years old and spoken by like 2 million people, uh, gave him way better experiences. That's, I mean, speaks for Esperanto, really. Yeah, because I think it's the whole concept beneath, you know, the whole creation, uh, uh, underlying the, the whole creation of Esperanto that I think, like you said, I mean, the people who do go out there to learn Esperanto already have that sort of mentality. So, but it is surprising that he would say that it is because it's not spoken by millions of, you know, right. people. I mean, like 2 million people you said, so it's not, it's, it's very, very small percentage of, of the global population. But I think that to be able to be in a community of people who are kind and who are wanting to communicate, because I think this goes back to something that I said previously, we are social beings, you know, I'm a person, I, I tend to think of myself as a pretty introspective person, you know, I, I avoid places with too many people, I'd always, I'd always, always, always choose making my own food at home than going at a restaurant because I just, I just like the sanctuary that I can construct around myself when I'm more at peace. Um, but having, and, and that's part of my, I am a work of art. I am more of an introspective person than, you know, oh, I hang out with 30 friends. It's not my thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm very private uh, in my personal life. Um, but I do recognize that we are social beings. And I think that when you speak a language like Esperanto, which was meant to connect people, there's a beautiful, you know, uh, connection that you share with those people that is, it goes way beyond the language. So 
It's crazy, actually. It's really crazy, and I don't understand it myself. But it, it, it that's exactly what it is. I've heard stories of people who learned Esperanto and they went on the Esperanto couchsurfing, which actually is the founder of the whole couchsurfing concept. And they really, had, I have no idea. They, it that's was. Nice. It, they had the uh, they had Esperanto couchsurfing sixty years ago. And wow. and they had like a register, you know, in a paper format or something, and you had to call up people, use the phone book, you know, back when we had phone books, and um, no internet, <laughs> no internet, yeah. And so they would just show up, and it was like the stories people told was like we were invited, like a part of the family, and there was no mention of any, you know, reciprocal actions or anything. It was just like. They were just treated so well, and um, a famous, or maybe the most famous Esperanto YouTuber, Evil Deer, uh, it's called Richard from Australia. He talked about going to, I forget if it's Switzerland or Austria, but he went to an elderly couple, and they basically like, you know, if a five-star hotel has good service, they were like a five-star hotel plus one. They were like serving him three meals a day, and they had like prepared routes for him to take through the city to see most of it in the shortest amount of time. They had like bikes ready for him, and you know, a huge room with a view over a lake. And it was like all because he spoke Esperanto. You know, <laughs> isn't that incredible? It's amazing. Yeah, I think that when when you are the <laughs> One of the things that I I've noticed um, as a musician and also as as you know as a language lover is that when when we open ourselves up, like you said, it's it's the the, the vulnerability. A lot of good things can happen. I mean, shit happens too. But you know, but basically, you uh, you you're able to encounter like with work of art. You know, I did not expect to be able to do the song in that many languages, but it just happened. You know, because I said. I want to do this. Um, let me add to you that the people that I knew at the time from the music industry said it was crazy. Uh, when I launched the video, they said nobody is going to watch it. It's a waste of time for you to do that because it's an eight-minute video of a song that nobody's ever heard of before, spoken in 19 languages. Nobody, you're not going to get a hundred views on that. And um, and I said, okay, that's fine. If I don't get, if I get a hundred views, that's okay too. I'm I'm willing to do it just because it's something that I'm I'm wanting to open up, and you know um, that didn't happen at all. It, it was actually uh, something that connected me to a lot of wonderful people uh, like yourself, uh, like Benny Lewis, because of that video. So, you know, like you said, when you when you expose yourself to making the 200 mistakes a day, and you live like life with that sort of attitude a lot of good things even like a five-star hotel plus in switzerland <laughs> can come into your experience so i think that's that's nice that's wonderful yeah and i, I can i just say i i, I love that 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 idea and i really 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 hate like um what do you call it like negative like people who don't believe you know i i, I don't know what to call them but I, the most Remarkable one I remember was uh, a motivational speaker on YouTube um, uh, called C.T. Fletcher. He's like a, a weightlifting guy, but again, everything's connected. And he's okay. he's speaking about, he's saying, you know, when we send a guy to the moon, some idiot in some lab somewhere or scientist had to come up with the idea and believe that we could actually go to the moon. 
So I'm just like, okay, so if some guy can come up with the fact that we can build a car to go to the moon, you should probably just go with your gut instinct on whatever you want to go. And if you fail, you know what? That's just an excuse to get up and try again, you know? Exactly. I think that kind of, that sort of um, is what I meant when I said, you know, we don't need to ask people for permission, uh, for reassurance, you know, just take the risks. And if you fail, you fail. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I have failed so many times in my life. Um, but the, the, the accumulated failures are a success in a way because they've always led to some kind of learning and some kind of improvement and some kind of knowledge of the world of life and especially of 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 my myself so i think that that's kind of the the, the spirit that i wish you know more and more people could live life based on that and i think for the people who don't believe you know it's i mean they have the right to say whatever they want, you know, and it's our choice to listen or or not to listen. I mean, I've heard, like, you know, with just with work of art, that that was one thing. I I literally heard that, you know, said it's, it's a waste of time. Don't do it, and uh, and it, you know, it was actually I got you know special mention by the United Nations Alliance of Cooperation in the meeting, uh, annual meeting that they had. It was something. It was actually one of the biggest things that I did uh, in terms of recognition because of, of, of what it represents to, to people. So it's not something, you know, I think that people can say whatever they want and, and we can choose to believe in what they say or, or not. No power drills. No, but that's just cars. I mean, they, it's impossible to record. I need to build like a studio, like a you know a phone booth studio or something, and just Jesus, drivers are terrible here. They're so rude. But um, I was that, sir? Did you hear any background noise from me? From no, me? not at all. <laughs> this mic is actually very good. The yeah. mic that I'm using. Yeah, I because that's sort of how I've I've I dealt with the issue of background noise because everything would get into my vlogs or you know interviews, and with this directional mic, I felt that I eliminated I don't know, let's say eighty five percent of the noise. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting one of those, or actually just a you know normal headset is also they also have amazing noise reduction technology. Um, yeah, exactly. So I'll definitely look into that, and I guess with the uh, with what you just said about you know just just doing it, just keep going. Is something like another one of those funny things is like Michael Jordan didn't make the basketball team in school. You know, <laughs> it's like oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The trainer must have been a little bit. Hmm. Probably made a mistake. And I think Walt Disney wasn't hired for the as a cartoonist or something. You know, it's basically there are lots of these stories. And I think there's a compilation on YouTube. If people are a little bit low on motivation or they feel like they're not going anywhere, you know, watch something like that, and it would really inspire you to the fact that as long as you never give up. And again, this is completely the same with language learning. The only way you can fail learning a language is by stop doing it. You know, <laughs> it's it's really cool yeah i think uh it, just going back to what you're saying about like michael jordan and, and walt disney uh there's an important there's a great uh book that i i really love called the success equation it was actually written by somebody in the financial markets um but he actually says that a lot of there are professions where um, luck is more important than skills and 
and and the other way around is also true. So there are things in life where you depend on skills. Like he said, for example, a tennis player. Tennis player has to be very, very skillful or a chess player. Yeah. And then like w winning the lottery is like luck. And then you have everything in between. And a lot of things in life, you know, a lot of our professions will take us in between. So even um, if you don't become Michael Jordan and you don't become Walt Disney, it doesn't say anything about your value as well. You know, I think that's another important aspect. I think that's why I, to me, it's very important to live life truthfully because when you know that you've lived your life truthfully, you know, <laughs> right. and that's and that's what matters. You know, you know it yourself. You, you don't have maybe a trophy to show to the world, but you can look at yourself in the mirror and 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 respect the person um, and honor the person that you see. And that's something that only you can do for yourself. So I think that also the level of success we get in life is not necessarily a measure of our level of competence and skills, depending on the kind of professions uh, that you choose. So the important thing is to live life and, and, and do it in a way that, you know, when the, the final breath, the moment of our final breath comes, which is going to come for everybody, you can go in peace because you said, you know, it was it was a life worth uh, living. It was a it was a life well lived, you know, with with all the ups and downs and 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 the mistakes and and the, and the and the and the the successes. So yeah, and every day is a bit like that. I feel like because if you when you go to bed haven't achieved what you wanted to achieve that day, you you don't feel as good as when you can just sleep well knowing that you've done everything you could that day to to progress towards your goals and towards your dreams and um, what was the other thing uh, oh yeah it's uh, like hard working people seem to get a lot more lucky than non-working people right <laughs> that's at least yeah, what I've seen what, yeah because I think that when you when you work um passionately i wouldn't even say hard i think when you work with your heart not hard but with your heart mm, uh nice. i think that you sort of have that positivity and that sort of energy that makes things progress um but at my age you know i'm i'm a lot older than you i think that um i've come to realize also that there are things that happen and things that don't happen and so that's an art too to be able to to know for example if something doesn't work but you know you did everything you know you know you it, it that also brings an incredible and strange sense of peace mm -hmm. because you're like you know what i did 110 percent you know i did everything absolutely everything that i could do to uh, you know towards it, whether it be you know the goal of learning a language or a relationship or whatever and i think that that knowledge brings a certain level of peace which radiates you know good things into the world that's kind of my <laughs> Definitely. And what a wonderful way to end this uh, first episode of the third season. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time uh, to come and uh, and share your uh, story and, and message with the world. And I really appreciate it. And yeah, I'm a massive fan. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been a wonderful 
opportunity to speak to you. I, I loved reading about your story and, and the things that you share. So thanks a lot for the work that you do with uh, actual fluency and just putting this polyglot community together. Thank you for all uh, your listeners who have been here with us. And Thank you for uh, listening to the Actual peace. Fluency Podcast. Peace.